That was about on par. It's <laughs> about right. I don't think she hung up yet. I don't nope. think she knows how. Stop. That was that was the exact that was exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> that she doesn't know Stop how to say it Hold on one second. No, what I'm saying is that was Joe. <laughs> we love you, Joe. Yeah, whatever. Hold on. <laughs> one second. I'm, I swear to God. Oh, shit. Cancel. I mean, I would say just slam the lid shut, but when you're watching porn, the audio continues for like 10 seconds. It and does. It, can be really it does. And that can be really awkward. It's really bad. <laughs> okay, wait. How do I get out of here? Fuck this. Leave call. Yes. <laughs> that's a good that's a good pre-roll. Oh, that has to be. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Little Red Bandwagon Podcast. That is the podcast which reviews tbtl too beautiful to live and it's a safe space jump on the little red bandwagon tonight because we ha- we're gonna have a lot of fun we had a lot of fun with you guys last week with the cat rolling uh, but we have a real party atmosphere tonight <clears throat> for the first time ever we're going to do our own keys to the show or key to the show <laughs> i haven't seen it it's going to be uh, christy doling out the key to- keys to the show um we're going to have our TBTLism of the day. I think we're going to do that with our guest, Joe, when the time comes. Uh, we're going to, of course, do our week in review, including some sharpshooting from last week's guest, Robert Pape. And our, our guest this week is Joellen McCauley of Chicago. And she is going to play a clip of one time when Jen got in trouble. And uh, hopefully we'll have a little discussion about that because I don't think I agree with most of the women who were <laughs> writing in about this uh, this particular clip. Uh, and at the end, we'll tell you how to get involved. And that's very important. All Every podcast always tells you, uh, you got to get in touch with us here, get in touch with us there. Well, this show is all about you providing us content. So if you ever fall down on getting involved, we're in big trouble. So let me now introduce my co-host, Christy. Hello, Christy. Hello. I understand you have some keys to the show tonight. Let me know I what do. those are. Okay. And just like Andrew, I've written them out. I sat down, took hours. <laughs> so the keys to the show tonight are be nice to our guests. Be nice to our guests. Did, well, did you feel that I was? Uh, did you feel that I was rude to Bobby Pape last week? No, but you and Joe have a an ongoing feud. I, I. Don't want to acknowledge that. I don't think that's really a <laughs> Anyone thing. Anyone who wants to know about this, go back and look at the old blogs on mynorthwest.com slash TBTL and look at every blog entry what had a little uh, anti shout out to Joe. Well, um, I'm not going to say I didn't do that. I mean, it's right there for everyone to see. But in my defense, she knows what she did. But tonight... We're going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be nice to Joe. I hope she's going to be nice to me. But even if she chooses to be discourteous to me, uh, I will not reciprocate. Yeah, we just we just want to encourage people to come on the show. She can treat you however however she wants because I don't really care. But I don't care how you get treated. But I want our guests to feel at home, nice. I want them to feel like they have a blanket and a nice bed to sleep on. Well, let's uh, let's crack open the booze juice because that's what's going to make Joe comfortable. 
So, Christy, we had a lot of feedback uh, about last week. Um, it was, I think it was your idea that you put out the phone number and asked for live calls. Yes. Um, Which on, you, you on told me before we even started, we would never take live calls. So the first thing I wanted right. to do is take live calls. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And and everyone thought you were just being cheeky and you and uh, Bobby had taken over the show. But what you'd really done is put out a call for people to get cat rolled. Yes. We got so, you. So if you called our voicemail last week, you got cat rolled. And I understand that some people really, you know, they wanted to defy my wishes and actually get through live and talk on the show. Yes. And some people were a little upset about it. Others rolled with it. Tell me about the messages. I haven't heard all of them. Well, um, we had someone's son called in and left a, a pretty interesting message. So we'll play, we'll, we're going to play a couple of them. Uh, I believe someone thought that maybe we were really going to answer and was just like, you know, that thing that old people kind of do when they, when they leave a voice mom, they're like, hello, can you pick up? Can you hear me? It was kind of like that. Right. If they don't hear a dial tone, they just assume that there's some dialogue going on. Exactly. So we have that. But our favorite is from our guest. It was it was either three or five voicemails that progressively got more angry and more drunk throughout. Uh-huh. So we'll, we'll put those in. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Jeremy, first let's play the one of – what was the, the Sten's name? So first we'll play Maggie's. Ahoy, ahoy. This is Maggie Wilsey. You can call me back if you want. 425-30. Not much going on here. Talk to you later. Bye. And then this next one is from someone who put their son on the phone. Yes. So this is Jenna's son calling in. Hola. With Luke going outside and peeing. I like turtles. My name is Riley. I'm the son of a living human being. This is my first attempt at an eHarmony video. I don't even know if you guys can hear me. I feel really stupid right now. My mom sort of forced me to do this. And if you agree, that this is practically slavery, call her at this number. (laughs) Once again, that is... And the area code for that, if you forgot, is... Thank you. Goodbye. And finally, what we have here are Joe's messages. And God help us if she's this hammered later on when she's on the show. Motherfuckers, you're motherfuckers. Hey, Christy, both of you, that was a bullshit trick, and I was calling live for Bourbon Street, but you're both shit out of luck. Goodbye. I'm calling back because I forgot to fucking plug our podcast. Listen to Tired and Emotional, because I am tired and emotional right now, and I am so mad at you for cat rolling me. We are done. Goodbye. Guys. This is Mike. I'm here with Joe. We're on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. We've been up since 5 a.m., driving most of the day. We're very tired and emotional. And you guys cat roll us? Joe's a wreck. Her whole night, she's so excited to call and share with you our our adventures on Bourbon Street tonight. But instead, we get this bullshit. So I hope you're happy. Listen to Tired and Emotional, our podcast. 
We're not calling the plug it. We're just pissed off, really. Okay, bye. I'm just going to keep calling and telling you that I'm so mad at both of you. We're no longer friends, and we're breaking up. Goodbye. Just kidding. I want a hot dog. Well, I don't think we'll ever get more interesting feedback from a show than that cat roll show. (laughs) (laughs) We also got a lot of uh, kudos from people who don't mind being cat rolled and who appreciated the prank because also if you didn't make it all the way to the end of last week's show, when we were bugging Christy about playing the voicemail from Andrew, uh, she agreed to play it at the end. And we did have Andrew introducing himself as he was talking to Christy's voicemail. And we went straight to a cat roll from there. Mm -hmm. And anybody who got that far and was that invested was either so mad or so appreciative of the master stroke of cat rolling. And that one was Pape's idea, was it not? I believe so. It was great. Yeah. So we got you every which way <laughs> last week. We promise this week's show's way more earnest. We're, we're be- Very sober. <laughs> we're straight up. <laughs> no mistakes. Well, no redos. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're all good. So let's start the TBTL Weekend Review. But before we do, let's say goodbye to Luke. Luke, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everything you do. Andrew, stick around. His, you know, We're going to be talking a lot about you this week. Not just criticizing your producing, but just <laughs> you as a person. Because it seems to be getting really personal. And if you're inviting us into that world, well, you know, get on the couch and we're going to, we're going to let you know what everything means. So Monday, episode 1832, An Embarrassment of Disgusting Riches. Uh, starts out with one of those classic moments of Andrew language self-doubt. That's He says, supposedly, and Luke calls him out on saying it, and then Andrew says, no, I've been saying it intentionally. But <laughs> Ironically. It's just one of those things. Suppose, supposedly, if you run around saying that, in your mind, you know, you're making fun of people that say it. But mm-hmm. if people don't know you very well, they think you're a dummy who says it. Right. And I've run into this with – I've always wanted to use the phrase – mind-bottling, like, oh, my mind was bottled, right? <laughs> but someone who doesn't know you will always correct you. Right. And, and it's, oh, it's, it's, I hate it when I have something I think is funny, but I can't use it because, I don't know, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to use stuff like that. Well, you know, the key to that is to just hang out with stupider people. <laughs> yeah, and they they just yeah, supposedly that's good. you just yeah. reinforce what they're already doing, yeah. I guess. It's it's like, you know, you're supposed to hang out with people that are uglier and fatter than you. That's that's to make yourself better. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> where rules. does all that end? <laughs> well, you live in uh, Texas, you should have a plethora of people that you can hang out with that are stupider than you. Yeah, stupider, some even fatter. So <laughs> Yeah, a lot more a lot more of the uh stupider than the fatter, but we're working on that. So, um they were talking about the airport. I think Andrew had I think he flew to Atlanta last weekend um to visit his in-laws and he was complaining that the airports now have lots of healthier options. Um and and I sort of get where he's going here like the airport used to be a place where you had to make a regrettable dining choice. And if there's any like fast food item that you'd had your eye on from the commercials, but you would never commit to in the real world, right. you get trapped in the airport. And you're like, all right, well, here we go. You know, chicken mix, mix smash burger. Right. You know? And you get, this is the only thing I have to eat. Sorry. <laughs> right. And and it's, it was also an excuse to not feel well the, the first 10 hours after you, 
yeah, reached well, your destination. And it always just seemed like a terrible idea to eat a bunch of fast food and then get trapped in a giant tin can flying across the country, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, too. Like, the the fast food options, you'd go in there and, yeah, you're paying like two extra dollars for whatever the Big Mac or the Whopper or whatever is that you get. But now they're getting rid of those options and then you have the options that are all higher end, like the cheapest thing you can get is some stupid panini for thirteen dollars. Right. That's that you know went under the the press for about half a second. I I don't know. I I don't know if it's progress. I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't know. But, now they just have an excuse to charge more. Yeah, yeah, they're ma- they're making more money, and I can't try out whatever fast food thing I couldn't possibly justify in the real world. So you know, I'm I'm voting no on it. And, and boy, hasn't the Seattle airport gotten too big for its britches lately? Oh, they have fancy restaurants. There's an Anthony's in there. The, yeah. They do still have fast food, but it's even kind of an upgrade. You won't find, you know, they used to have like a Cinnabon or whatever the, that cinnamon roll mm-hmm. place is, and then Burger King, like right next to each other. And now they have Anthony's Home Port, and the, the, the fast food would be a Quidoba. Something like that. So it's not, yeah. it's, you know, a little bit of like a half step up on the fast food. Like you have all these people who've stuffed all their belongings in something, you know, the size of a tiny, like like a postage stamp of a little duffel so that they won't have to pay $25 for, <laughs> and then you're going to, you think they're going to stroll into Anthony's and drop $75 for a salmon steak? <laughs> right. No, thanks. And who's getting there that early? Oh, I have time for a full-service dining experience. Right. I don't know. So the other major topics uh, on Monday, uh, one was the Wrigley Field opening. Um, I can't believe. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Uh, th- this is a major league organization. Is Did they, ha- did they have planned to finish by now? How did they even get the permits to open? I mean, there's places, like, if you build a house and you don't have the stairs a certain level, you can't live there. They shut it down. Is In Chicago, they just probably pay a bunch of people to pass them through the through the licensing mm-hmm. or something. Right, right. right. a river of pee? But, you know, you have, you have six or seven months to to do at least one set of improvements did they overshoot? I mean, did they say, oh, well, we're going to try to do the whole thing. They didn't seem to have a plan to, you know, halt their their renovation halfway through and let another baseball season happen. You know, because like when that stuff happened in Seattle, the team moved to another stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the Huskies usually... moved to another stadium. The Seahawks moved to Husky Stadium. You know, that that's the way – it works. And, and like, like the, the Mariners played in their stadium all the way up until the other stadium was completed and had bathrooms. <laughs> and then they blew up the kingdom. Right. Were you there? Did you see that happen? Uh, the kingdom blowing mm-hmm. up? No, I was not there. What, what year was that? It's a, that's a good question because it just I, had its inter- anniversary. I think I might have been in jail. Oh, sorry to bring and that not, up. And not in Seattle. So I didn't get to see it or feel it. Let's see. Uh, August 11th, 2007? Does that? No, that doesn't seem right. Uh, maybe it, it hung that long because of the Seahawks. Seahawks played in there for many more years after the Mariners moved into Safeco. Like so we're get that sharp makes sense. shot, sharp shot on this. Uh, demolition, March 26, 2000. 2000. 
Oh yeah, so it was its fifteenth anniversary this year. Gotcha. We're, no, I was I was uh I was out. I guess I just didn't want to see it. It was no, sad. It was sad. I, I saw know. it, but it was sad. There was a bunch of radio stations giving away tickets to docks and the piers and you could sit out on the pier and watch it. Well the um the last part of that Wrigley Field story, I mean, you made me kind of tell the story last week about how I peed my pants and into my precious boots when I was in first grade. Well, I, I peed my pants one other time in my life. And I was, I was, I just gotten out of prison. I was living in a shitty apartment in Tukwila. I was driving my brother's Camaro, uh, that had a leaky T-top and I had to turn off the engine at every intersection or it would overheat. So, I'm trying to get home and I'm on the freeway and I, I, you know, it's, it's rush hour in Seattle and I've drank too much coffee or whatever. And I really have to pee, but I keep gambling. I'm just going to go one more exit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go one more exit. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm within a few miles of home and then traffic stops. It takes another probably 45 minutes to an hour to get the last half mile to my shitty apartment. And I get there and I, I get out of the car and I'm walking toward the steps. I, I live on the second floor all the way on the end of this building. And as I'm walking up the steps, I can't hold it anymore. (sighs) And pee my pants, pee, 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 pee. I'm peeing all the way uh, to when I get in front of my door, I'm just about done, you know. And it's it's an enclosed hallway, and I was hoping my neighbor wasn't home because I took everything off below the waist and just left left it sit there, (laughs) went inside and took a shower, and then... Sadly, got dressed again, went back out, took all that stuff down to the laundry room, which was where the crackheads lived. Right. So that, that was great. Um, that's a really good story. I haven't, as an adult, peed my pants, but my I was driving my friend and we got stuck on 520, the kind where the, the waves are so high, so they kind of close it down. And yeah. she's like, I have to pee. And I had a brand <laughs> new car. And I said, Okay. <laughs> And so I was like, you should just take your pants off. So she took her pants off and sat on her coat and just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Because with girls, Good it's thinking. hard. We don't like you can just whip out a bottle or something and make it happen. Yeah. But yeah, you can get most of it out the window, you know, it, it, you know, the midstream you can get out the window. But you you wrote um about Wrigley Field peacups. And because I work for a brand merchandising company, I think this could be a great giveaway at the next game. Mm, right. I, I might pitch this to, to them. Yeah, like you, you you go you go somewhere and you pick up a, a cup, which is your admission to the game. And when you go to the game, you, you, you show your cup and it gets you a discount on beer and you can just pee in the cup. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's free cup night. Oh, I love it. Yeah, just hand them, hand them out on the way in. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to write to the sports, the sports salespeople tonight. I think it would be the worst day for any outfielder who, opposing outfielder <laughs> had to, to run up the wall to try to catch something, you know, yeah. or the poor third baseman in foul territory. Oh, are, God. Are those fans as terrible as the Yankees fans with throwing things at, on the field? I doubt it. I mean, they're used to losing. Yankee fans are, you know, they're assholes. Yeah. You know, so they're they're so used to winning. If something doesn't it doesn't go right, they'll throw pee on you. Yeah, Chicago fans, maybe one in three will dump their pee on you. At least that that's 
That's my impression. Okay. From all, all the traveling I've done in Chicago and New York. You've gotten peed on a couple times? Uh, actually, the only place I've ever had peed thrown on me was when I was going to the University of Washington and we were at, uh, we were at the Apple Cup in Pullman and we had seats down low in the end zone because that's where they put you so they can dump their pee on you. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, they're animals. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Tuesday. Episode 1833, Weck Coast Beef. Luke revealed right at the beginning of the show that he dips his pizza in ranch. What did you think of that? I lost so much respect for him. (laughs) Ranch is terrible, period. Full stop. It's disgusting. I call it white people sauce. It's for people who have immature palates. It's, it's, It's basically fancy mayonnaise. Secondly, yeah. to yeah. dip your pizza in ranch dressing, why don't you just pour ranch dressing into your mouth? I, I well, here's don't... what here's my question to you, Christy. Is there would it make any difference to you if I told you he just dipped the crust? Oh, well, it's still ranch, but if it's just a crust dipping, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fault him on that. Okay, but okay. it's what yeah, you I... know when people. Just dip the whole thing in ranch. It's, they pour it or dip it. It's gross because it's, it's uh, in Texas. You sell ranch with about every other pizza order. I mean, I can't, I can't fault him on or uh, you know salt his grind on on dipping the crust because you know you have to love a Papa John's with that garlic butter, right? Certainly, yeah, certainly. So I'm not, I'm not you know? gonna, I'm not gonna make fun of you for that but ranch dressing it just seems gross because the ranch gets warm and warm yep. mayonnaise just seems wrong yeah yeah and <laughs> and you know a lot of places use ranch as sauce on certain kinds of pizzas as well it's just straight up cooked mayonnaise and buttermilk <sighs> what did you <laughs> think about great. it um i'm immersed in ranch culture uh <laughs> down here so I, I can't I can't speak too freely, but uh, yeah I I mean I would occasionally maybe dunk a crust in ranch if it was there, but I would never order it. I mean that's where I am on the ranch scale. And I try if I'm going to get ranch uh, ranch dressing for salads, it's usually some some bastardization of it. it isn't just straight. Yeah, up like ranch. a wasabi or a chipotle ranch or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Jalapeno ranch is a popular one down here, which is pretty good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So um that was like a bombshell right out of the gate. Luke <laughs> dipping his pizza. But <clears throat> Andrew told a good story about he was I think he was in the back seat with his in-laws over mm-hmm. the weekend and their dog, uh Toby, the Scotty dog, was sitting there and Andrew was trying to make the dog fall in love with him. <laughs> um, I loved this story I'm, so much. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. When I see a dog, I'm like, why isn't this dog in love with me? I know. I don't too. understand why this dog isn't in love with me already because dogs love me when the fact is they love Emily more, even though I do everything for them. Yeah. But well, you need, to, you need to pretend you don't care. <laughs> right. Right. I need to just seem disinterested. Well, I mean, the downside to them loving her more than me is uh, for her is that uh, she can't go to the bathroom alone ever for the rest <laughs> of her life. <laughs> So I do get alone time in the can, so that's good. I thought that that was just my dog thing. 
he runs into the bathroom. I th- I thought I didn't know that this was like an actual thing that happens to other people. I thought my dog was weird. Oh like no, a bathroom voyeur no, or they, something. <laughs> Little pervert. Yeah, they they all go in there, even when they don't fit. They try to get in there, but <laughs> so Andrew was sitting in the back seat with this dog, and he was hungry, and he bought some beef jerky. Christy, can you describe the move he tried to pull? Um, he tried to, and why it would never work. <laughs> tried to slyly open it so that the dog couldn't smell it and he wasn't teasing it and um and then he said he realized at one point that it basically looks like a, a bag of dog treats and that dog's it just gonna jump exactly. up and eat all of it <laughs> yeah and and trying to open that bag without the dog noticing on the other side but it just releases what they called an Alberto air biscuit. Yeah, or bag of meat like, farts is what Veeves called it. <laughs> right, right, right. My, my dogs can smell someone cooking meatloaf six miles away. Oh, yeah. So opening up your bag of meat farts on the other side of your torso is not putting it over on, on Toby the Scotty. Yeah. And because Andrew wanted his affection so much, he would have not been able to resist giving him some. Oh, sure. You would have to. Yeah. I mean, any a cheap bastard like myself would be thinking, there's 78 cents for that <laughs> right. tiny little, the, the, the mouthful of meat that the dog didn't even chew because it was so happy to right. be getting it. Uh, this is becoming all about my issues. Um, the, 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 was it the sheriff from Dukes of Hazard? Yes. Roscoe Pico train. Right. 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 And, and Luke was feeling sad about it because he used to convince his babysitter that they were totally allowed to watch TV. And that's why the TV was three rows deep behind the bowling balls in the <laughs> closet. <laughs> How dumb was that girl? Well, I was a babysitter. Anytime I babysit kids, I mean, even now, if my friends, I have, I watch them, kids try to scam me. It's just something about me that I've yeah. always been scammable and I think it's either she was dumb or she didn't care. She wanted to watch TV too. I mean, babysitting six kids in a house that doesn't have good snacks. I mean, he talks about how they had terrible food <laughs> and no TV. Right. That is the worst. And, you know, knowing Susie yeah. Burbank, she probably made a dollar an hour for six kids. So it, it's not, you know, it's not monetarily good. Letting them watch Dukes of Hazard on a tiny TV on wheels. I mean, come on, <laughs> give her that. Well, she had her routine to practice. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> I wish that he would look her up now and call her. Call. Her. I wonder what the encore to that one was. Maybe a, a dance routine set to Luca or like a virgin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, ladies, let's think about what the song's about. Right. Come on. So the. That leads me to think of the cheerleaders that pissed Andrew off just by Aww. existing in the airport. Christy, what did you think of, of that? Andrew, Andrew just mentioned that he saw a whole group of cheerleaders that they were going to fly somewhere, and two of them were like practicing their routine, and he rolled his eyes yeah. and was, got mad about it. What did you think? I think? I think two things that are very opposite. Number one, teenage girls are the worst humans on earth, probably the worst creatures on earth. Um but two, that's Andrew dredging up uh, childhood stuff. Those were the girls that probably didn't give him the time of day. And so he's feeling 
bad about it. I don't know. If I were in Andrew's position when I was a kid, you know, like he was a larger kid who get picked on and stuff, I would pray to God no one gave me the time of day. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Any, you're going to like, if anybody notices anything about me today, I'm cooked. You know, you're trying to dress in the flannel right. shirt and the, the just not too tight, not too baggy jeans. And you're, I mean, I, I didn't get picked on, but still that you was a part of my life. You were picking on Andrews. No, no, no. I wasn't a bully. I wasn't uh, a bully. Are but you sure? I, I, Let's get Barb I on the show. Things. <laughs> Barb. Barb. <laughs> Please. She has no idea. No idea. So uh, I just thought we we all, you know, we all when we were kids, if we weren't like super popular all the time, you, you kind of don't want somebody to – to say, hey, Andrew. Nice uh, shirt. So you'd be going like, oh, yeah. yeah and if, if someone said something nice to you and you had no self-confidence, of course you think they're mm-hmm. fucking. Yeah. Like, oh, I can never wear this shirt again. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you actually meant it. Yet now you're never going to wear that shirt again. Yeah. Um, Tuesday show also uh, gave us something I think that's going to be around for a while. And that's Don, Don McLean <laughs> as a link of – Measurement, like conversation measure, measurement, because I think the great. song is like eight minutes, ten or 10, 11, eleven minutes long. Um, and boy, that song has been a big part of my life for a long time. My my brother in law made a living as a um, a folk singer, like singing in bars and set uh, in the seventies and early eighties, and you know that was one of his standards, and so. I used to hear him play it sometimes and, of course, on the radio all the time. It really was kind of like the We Didn't Start the Fire. Yes. Um, that's what I was thinking. Of the, Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Billy Joel did it more lazily because he would just yell out whatever the event <laughs> right. was and Don McClendon. <laughs> and hoping that it rhymed sometimes. Yeah. I mean, God help us if any if I have to hear that song again. But um, I was doing a little research on Don McClain. And that song came out in 1971. And even though he's still alive and has been making music since 1971, as far as I could tell, and I checked, he's never made another song nearly as boring as that song. Okay. I like it. Is that weird? Oh, oh. listen to it a thousand more times. Oh, I did. I mean, I stopped the show and listened to it, pulled it up on uh, YouTube and listened to it multiple times. Oh, God. But, Mike, right. I had a question about American Pie. So um, we don't yeah. know exactly what it means. He's pretty vague on it or doesn't really elusive, I guess. And um, it's what he does say is that the day the music died was um, when Buddy Holly and Richie Valens died in the the plane crash. Mike, how mm-hmm. did you feel when that plane crash happened? <laughs> is that a nice thing to say? Is that – does that make you feel good? I mean – what, did you stop on your paper route too? Did high school get canceled? We all had to leave the cave. We had to put our chalk down. Did you just drop your mic? I did. Mike's old, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Okay. I've been planning that one. I told Jeremy, and he goes, I don't get it. And I go, because it happened in like 1953. No, 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 please. Please, I'm not going to live much longer, so we should probably finish. But Remember, 
Remember when I said I haven't peed my pants? <laughs> okay. We just changed it. Okay, okay, okay. <sighs> the last thing they talked about on Tuesday would come back to haunt them many times, and that is BW3, or Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck, I guess was the original name of the thing. I don't know. But they they eventually dropped the Weck, went to Buffalo Wild Wings, put on some of the worst commercials I've ever <laughs> seen, and they're off and running as a franchise for douchebags to go and watch football. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Also, maybe the uh, only place in some of these small towns, right? Because isn't it kind of like a place, yeah. like a Chili's would be there and an Applebee's? Yeah, or a place that no other bar has a TV would be the only way right. I would go right. into Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. <sighs> okay. I didn't know anything about WEC, but I got educated. You know, our friend Bobby from Western New York which is where Buffalo is, guys. Um, <laughs> he he set us straight pretty quickly. Um, what bothered me mainly after I learned about WEC was Andrew put the show out, WEC Coast Beef, and he got a picture of some WEC, a WEC sandwich or whatever they call it. I was going to say a WEC effing sandwich, but Aiden, I'm not going to do it. So, so he posts it, Wet Coast Beef posts a picture of the actual product, and yet during the show he'd said it was an open face sandwich. So that Is bothered it? me. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the picture's correct, yet yet during the podcast, Andrew said it was open face. The picture has the 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 Weck sandwich has a has a top and it's like halfway soaked in au jus. So uh Boy, I, I guess Pape probably gets more mad about food mistakes than right. I do, but I get, I get a little bit mad about it. But um, we're going to play Pape's official correction. Um, actually, what? Let's just let's just play it now. Let's let Pape get this off his chest. Hey, dummies, Bobby here. Thank you guys again for having me on last week. It was a lot of fun, even if the week of TBTL we reviewed wasn't particularly impressive. Between Wrigley Field Water Sports, Andrew's Ageism, the American Pie Shot Clock, Luke Potting While Driving, and First Contact with the one and only El Ropo, I'm sure you'll have no shortage of grist for the Little Red Bandwagon Mill this week. I just wanted to call with my two cents on a topic near and dear to my enlarged heart, Beef on Whack. Like many of the great foods of the world, Beef on Whack is a staple of my native western New York. Along with chicken wings, which I'll get to in a minute, Weck tastes like home and happiness to me, which is why it was so painful listening to Luke and Andrew bumble through their explanation of it. If you're a loyal listener, you know that on Friday, most of this was straightened out by Andrew, who read an email I sent in. What makes beef on Weck beef on Weck is the Kimmelweck roll, a crusty roll topped with caraway seeds and kosher salt. Something about that is seriously transformative, and I think Buffalo Wild Wings should have stuck to their guns and kept that extra W in their name. And speaking of wings, Luke's telling of the origin story of wings was close, but not quite right. The place they were first created is called Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar, not Pete's, and it was Teresa who rescued some wings destined for her stockpot, tossed them in hot sauce and margarine, and fed them to her son and his friends who were looking for a late snack. That's right, the inventor 
was a woman. In summary, TBTL hasn't tugged on my heartstrings this much since Luke shit all over NCIS. Thank you, Christy and Mike, for giving us this new platform from which to sharpshoot. And tens, when Luke and Andrew inevitably embarrass themselves talking about something you love, make sure to call in and let us all know. So Bobby's a passionate, passionate man, especially when it comes to hardening his arteries. <laughs> he takes vacations. You know how people take vacations, Christy, to to go sample the cuisine of some place, you know, mm-hmm. try to get the best of Italy or France or, or Mexico or wherever they go. Bobby takes these vacations and looks for the worst. Oh, yeah. Like he wants to find the greasiest. Yeah. He's kind of like Guy Fieri, but, uh, but uh, like with a better palate. Yeah. Because he plus knows we it's like terrible. Bobby. Right. Um, so thanks, Bobby. Appreciate that. Let's move on to Wednesday, episode 1834. I'm scared of Lucy. And let's go right into Lucy since that's the title of the show. That statue is pretty mesmerizing, at least for it's, me. What did you think of It's scary. It's like dead eyes. It kind of looks like a um, chocolate Easter bunny if it was a giant I love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people were posting decent bronze representations on the Stens page mm-hmm. all day for the next couple of days. But let me say those are more rare than you think. Like if you go to like the baseball hall of fame or something or the football hall of fame and you look at those bronze busts, if you, if you know that player, if you've seen that player before, you're like, this isn't even fucking close. <laughs> I mean, this is weird. You know, some of them are creepy. Some of them aren't, but they're all weird. Who decided that bronze was how we were going to do this? I agree. It's terrible. It doesn't allow for any shading or gradation of it. Just, it's like everything. If you want a feature to show, you have to like, like someone's eyelids have to be an inch of bronze. It's like, no, that's not how an eyelid works. <laughs> you know, it's thinner than that. But to make any distinction when everything is that, you know, flat bronze color, it has to be exaggerated. And then you end up with fucking, sorry, Aiden. <laughs> then you end up with Morton Downey Jr., you know, on a stick in, in New York. And everyone's upset. And I mean, I could see if maybe back in the day when that was one of the only materials, maybe it was cheaper or easier to mold or something. But now we have 3D printers. I think we can figure out different ways of making statues. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw something up there made out of anything and just weatherproof it and you're all good. Just enough with the bronze. Yes. I've had it. Um. Let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, the last thing about that statue. I'm sorry. They were talking a lot about the hair and the eyes. and But let me just uh, bring this to you as a woman, Christy. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about A, the size of her hands and B, how this is supposed to celebrate her as a human being and they let her bosom just her just droop all the way to her goozle? <laughs> Well, um, if when there's a bronze statue of me somewhere, I want to have a really nice wreck. Yeah, can you can you give me a little little up a little bit? Oh, yeah, exactly. Give me a boob lift. Like Luke talks yeah. about that character that he got drawn of him and Addie, where it was the worst 
features of them exaggerated even worse. I want the best, uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and what does it cost the guy to cut you a little break when it comes to your features or your your boobs or whatever? I, you know, I'd be next to the dude and I'd be saying, "We could, uh, you know, we could go just a little bit off the belly and uh, just slap it up there on the chin there, just exactly. stick the chin out a little bit." <laughs> Can we do that? Come on, you're celebrating the the woman. Let's do something that looks even better than her. I agree. Well, I think because I'm, I just pulled up the picture again, and it is frightening. Um, but not her hands are pretty terrible because they just look like uh, five sausages. But her teeth <laughs> are very upsetting. The teeth are the worst part, I think. The teeth. That see, that's where I got Morton Downey Jr. from. Just some big false teeth, teeth. some big choppers coming at you. And did she have a, in real life a giant overbite like that? <laughs> it's terrible. I don't think so. Yeah, and I don't remember her having catcher's mitts either. But, <laughs> right? I mean, just how did this? How has this thing been standing for? I guess it's been up for a few years. And we're now just learning about it. Yes. Oh. It kind like, of is, this like, seems like a statue you would put in a kid's room, like, cause you know, she's giving out medicine. Kids, take your medicine or this is gonna get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't take anything from strangers, especially this weird looking one. Yeah. <laughs> so they had, um, oh, I'm sorry. This, on Wednesday was round two of Andrew's smoking standoff with the neighbor. Yes. And, uh, y'all are probably caught up on this, but Andrew smokes outside on his porch on the second floor. His apartment manager claims the smoke crosses the courtyard and goes down into his unit. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about it on, on Friday show, but what I immediately thought of when he was having the standoff is because Vives was sort of on the manager side, kind of like, dude, if you want to smoke, just go out in the alley or whatever. Well, Andrew was really doubting. He, he all week he's very dubious about whether smoke can go down and go into this guy through his closed windows or his closed doors. Have Veeves go downstairs, stand in front of that dummy's apartment, and go outside and smoke your butt, and then oh, you know yeah. let, let her tell you whether she can smell it wafting by. That's a really good solution. Yeah, because I thought it would involve views, and then everybody's bought in on whatever the next step is going to be. We got to put that doubt to bed about uh, how can he smell? It? Well, how come he only comes out right when you're smoking? You know, he's not guessing. He's not guessing right every right. time he comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I thought that the solution that Luke had with the even though vape pens drive me insane, um, of having that because he's getting the same interaction that. He wants to. He's having that little time away and and doing that. And mm-hmm. then if he actually wants a real cigarette, he can go down to the alley. I thought that was a good. That's a good solution. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, perfectly reasonable. Um, then they uh, we'll we'll get back to Andrew again on Friday about that. But a woman wrote in on advice on whether to move to Port Townsend, and. She was wondering if there was enough going on for her. And she kind of sounded like, you know, she wasn't like a, a go out on the town partier, but just like someone who liked to do activities. Mm-hmm. So it was probably, um, as far as advice that they're always doling out, it was one of the more solid pieces of advice, uh, when they both 
sort of recommended that she move to Port Townsend. And it turned out she did, right? Yes. And it I is think, going. Yeah. And I think so that she has some new friends, we should give Luke's address so that she can just go and hang out there in the front yard until he hangs out with her. What do you think? I Let's give it right now. I, look, Luke's kind of a big deal. I think you just show up in town and, you know. Ask, where's that uh, fancy radio boy? Right. And they'll direct him. I, I mean, that's what I did. So that's how I found this place. <laughs> He's like, just just go to town and Google me. They'll know. <laughs> yeah. Then I thought he said, I thought you were gonna text me for directions when you got close, and I said, Nah, nah, just ask some people. <laughs> Who's yeah. the? Where's the guy that wears like really tight pants? <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> just capping on everybody tonight, aren't you? Sorry. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Um, Thursday, episode 1835, How I Met Your Raymond. Luke was claiming there was no internet on Capitol Hill that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I compare it to like a story that the mummy would try to. Yeah, right. try to <laughs> I'm in my car because there's no internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But at least, at it's least still he, out it, as of today. It, oh, that's good to know because I didn't doubt him because uh, at least he admitted it sounded like a lie. Yeah. You know, and when someone. When someone just gives you that right up front, yeah, they're probably telling the truth. How, what the hell happened? Uh, I believe it's a construction crew or something cut through the line that fed, do you know Madison Park at all? So it's Madison Park all mm-hmm. the way Capitol Hill. I don't know if it affected downtown as well, but it's a lot. It's a lot of people, a lot of businesses. That's a lot of rich white people yes. without internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Poor bastards. I like um, Luke was talking about how people are going to have to start interacting with each other. And he, he was saying that he's post-internet. <laughs> uh, right, right. Because there's a whole world going on in 3D right outside your right. door. Um, let's see. that. Boy, this is going to be something for me on Thursday and Friday. The underdresser guy. The, yeah. the guy who wasn't expecting to meet Obama. The story... Uh, came through Reddit and then was on Gawker and I just, I'm done with Reddit. I'm done with it. I, anything that's on Reddit immediately becomes bullshit to me. I agree. I thought it was so, fa- I mean, before Luke even called it out as him thinking that it wasn't true, I was calling bullshit first thing because I know someone that was in Washington DC and went to church and Obama showed up there. And it's not just he accidentally shows up there. You are yeah. questioned. They take your driver's license. You go through multiple mo- um, metal detectors. They're not going to just let this guy in a polo shirt skip into a meeting. Yeah, it, it seemed like BS from the beginning. It, it did put me in mind of a time, and you, you mentioned Barb earlier, but it mm-hmm. was like – sometime maybe shortly after college or something, Barb was going to a Christmas party for her company and she invited me to go with her. And I think I wore like a cardigan or something. Was it your your cargo shorts again? No, no, no. I wore pants. Okay. Uh, But, but, but I just wore a sweater and everyone was in suits and it is fucking miserable. Even though the story was a lie, it made me just think back to that moment. Like everyone has had that happen. It's the worst. Oh, Oh man, and Luke's right. It, be one, be one step dressed up 
one more step dressed up than you need to be than mm-hmm. one step less. Right. So uh, Obama visited the um, – he was in Jamaica and he visited the Bob Marley Museum. And apparently he loves reggae and loves Bob Marley. And I guess we have to forgive him for that. Um, I but, th- don't you think that African-Americans just get a get a pass? Well, yeah, especially if they smoke weed. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? It's it's mandated, you know. You're if you're, you know, I don't know. But the only thing that would be unforgivable to me is if we had a president that loved bluegrass music. <laughs> I couldn't take it. You would say impeach. Yeah, I mean, let let's not turn this country into Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> we can't have it. I'd rather have like like uh, Norwegian death metal fan as president than bluegrass. So it's got to stop. The we have to not- take back our Saturdays, America. Let's take back our Saturdays. If you hear banjo music, come on your radio. You effing get on the phone, the computer, whatever you got to do to get at your local NPR station program director. This has to stop. Take back Saturday. Hashtag take back Saturday. Hashtag no bluegrass. Hashtag banjo sucks. Hashtag hi, Aiden. There. Just for fun. <laughs> Aiden with an A. Two A's. Yes. All right. Um, so you're saying that you would never vote for the mummy to be president? Oh, yeah. Who would? Who would? I don't know. I oh, would have well, to read mummy, his platform. The mummy, <laughs> the mummy is overseeing a huge uh, infrastructure uh, overhaul in the United States. Instead right. of bridges, it's just going to be a couple two-by-fours laid over a valley. <laughs> Let's put America back to work at half-assed construction. <laughs> All right. So on uh, on Thursday, Luke, uh, he played the video of – it was a BuzzFeed video that I saw roll by. But I didn't click on because I kind of knew what it would be. And, you know, it was funny. But um, people quitting Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, how yes. like Hot Ugh. Craig and these people is like every month or two, they're like, oh, I hate everybody. None of you are my real friends. Mm-hmm. And then they leave. And then they come back, you know, saying, what's up? What's good, friendos? Yeah. Um, so I am totally on board with Luke about that. Please just leave. It's okay. Like who, who doesn't like leaving a party without saying goodbye? I, I love it. You know, if I can, I'll do it, but <clears throat> let's try to, let's try to take that to Facebook, you know, just leave. But. The, the, what I had a problem with was Luke saying nobody likes Facebook. What did you think when he said that, Chris? I think in the way that he was, uh, saying the reason, it's kind of like, well, no one really likes going to work, but you have to. It's like the, this day, but I really enjoyed Andrew and Veeves saying of everybody, people are terrible and Facebook proves it. That's the best saying ever. So you don't agree. Well, no, I agree, I agree with that. I mean, you will find that all the time. You'll find terrible people saying terrible things or dumb people saying dumb things, and you can eliminate them very quickly. And if you actually cultivate Facebook, you can it can be a source of a lot of joy and information for you. Um, I can't tell you how many people that I'm friends with that I don't actually follow, you know? It, okay. Like, I can, inter- I can interact with them, but they're not in my feed. You know, and because you wouldn't be able so to that, to be friends with them in real life, probably not. Probably not. And you know, it, 
I think that's just the way with friends in the real world too, is if you don't talk about the things that would piss you off, you can stay friends like with your neighbors, you know, let's not talk politics with them because we need to be their friends. But I, I look at Facebook as a challenge and like I, I, you know, we all survived high school. I survived fraternity life. I survived prison. And so, you know, Facebook's easy. Uh, it's a friendly place and I have a lot of great interactions on there and I, I, I don't want to do without it. I think it's at least the way I've cultivated it. I really enjoy it. And, um, it's also really important, like the, the takedown podcast, that's, it's so much even a bigger part of the takedown experience than our show is what, what's happening on Facebook because everyone gets to interact. Isn't just, you know, me, Matt and Jeremy talking. It's, it's more than that. And everyone gets involved. So, um, I think when he said everybody hates Facebook or nobody likes Facebook, he meant cool people. And I guess I'm not one of those cool people, at least this time. Well, I also think that he uses it in a different way because he's, uh, he's a celebrity of sort. So I think that you have less actual personal inter- I mean, we, we talked about it last week of him. The, him and Andrew getting tagged in shitty posts that people decide that they want to put their opinion all over them. Well, I wouldn't like that either. Yeah, it is a problem. I think when you have thousands of Facebook friends that don't actually know you and mm-hmm. like the case with Andrew or with Vives posting the wedding picture, right? you get people making comments when they have no uh, relevance in your life. Like you don't know who they are. And now they're making comment, you know, on some thread where, you know, your grandma is watching, you know. Exactly. People don't know how to stay on the sidelines when something doesn't involve them. I mean, it's, you can, you can actually be a voyeur. Like you could look at that picture with Andrew and Beeves and go, ooh, that's titillating. Mm -hmm. Please don't comment if you don't know Andrew or Beeves, you know, that's, but, but a lot of people don't observe that. and And I think, yeah, that's why it becomes more of a burden for Luke, uh, you know, to be on Facebook. It's just, he doesn't, he has more, he spends more time putting out fires probably than getting any positive, uh, positive interactions. Yeah. And, um, so I just saw he has, uh, 4,587 friends. That's a lot. So, um, yeah. I'm sure that he also has to, wi- I mean, you know, because I, I don't have that many friends on here. So when I, when I do a you know quick scroll, I can see what everyone's doing. I'm fine. I'm catching up. There's no way that he can look through his feed and even right. see. And it's probably all crap. And then anytime his brother or mom or anyone posts anything to his Facebook, it instantly has hundreds of likes, comments, like you said, of people that don't even know what they're talking about or what they're doing. And, and a lot of times it's inappropriate. Um, so I can see why he would hate it. Well, when you're Luke Burbank, you're definitely going to get some hop-ons. That's just going to happen. I'd like some hop-ons. <laughs> All right. Friday, 1836, Potato Deniers. Uh, I just listened to this show a couple hours ago. Uh, the most exciting thing is El Ropo has made contact. I'm so excited. With the podcast. For this to unravel. I'm just so excited. Um. Uh, uh, well, you say unravel. I, I hope you mean unfold. Yeah, that's but, what I meant. Uh, both. Like I a, mean both. A, he seemed like a really 
cute, funny guy, and uh, I think he would make a great guest when they eventually have him on. I hope he does write back to Andrew. And if he doesn't write back to Andrew, guess what, Andrew? That's what everyone feels like when they write to you. That's exactly what I thought about when they're when he keeps checking. And now you guys know what it feels like when we send you emails and you just don't respond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor guy. But I'm sure El Ropo will will uh, make contact and he'll get he'll get on the show. Um, the Magic Castle. Ever since Andrew told the story of the Magic Castle, I have had more and more. I don't want to say nightmares, but I've been thinking about it. And to me, I mean, there, you know, I don't like karaoke. Um, so it's a short hop to magic. magic to me because like best case scenario, I don't see what, I don't see how they do the trick. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. All right. Worst case scenario. I see how they do the trick and now I'm embarrassed. So I, going to the Magic Castle, like paying 50 bucks for dinner or whatever and going to the Magic Castle and having to walk around and see all these people do their magic sounds like a nightmare to me. Do you want to go? I don't know. Is Neil Patrick Harris there the day I go? Because <laughs> then yes. I don't uh, know. I kind Patrick of feel Harris. this. I don't think he's been in the Magic Castle in a while. That's the only reason I know about it. Um, I think they did maybe a Top Chef challenge at the Magic Castle once catering a party for him or something. And mm. that's when it got on my radar. But um, I love him. Magic, I don't... Okay, Magic is embarrassing. And mostly like in the Joe Bluth kind of way where they're dancing around and they're, they do a trick and then they show it to you a hundred times in a different like... with a. a different choreographed with a terrible song in the in the background it it's just pretty pretty bad but you know what um luke said that they might be the only podcast with a an official magician but that's not true little red bandwagon has one producer jeremy was a magician and a clown of course he was <laughs> of course he was he's still one of those things he was doing balloon animals tonight <sighs> <laughs> jeremy Oh, thanks so for I giving us some a ammunition for tomorrow's takedown. So I appreciate that. The way Andrew described it in that El Ropa was pretty much the only one that he could handle. I think I, I don't know how long I would last. Maybe yeah. through a meal. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I would go eat the, the magic castle, wonderful meal. And then I would look for a way to leave without leaving. Like I was leaving Facebook. Yeah. Well, I think I think the reason why I don't like magic is because I don't like feeling tricked and lied to. And that's basically oh, right. what magic is. I hadn't is. even thought of that. Right? Mm -hmm. There's someone saying, oh, right. look, there's a penny in your ear. That No, there isn't. And I, I, I don't want to pay money to have that, to watch that. Right. So the next thing they talked about was the John Oliver Edward Snowden interview and what what struck me is like john oliver was this was like some classic uh colbert report type yes interview <laughs> where john oliver is saying some fucking hilarious oh sorry john sorry. oliver is saying some hilarious things and edward snowden just <laughs> he 
I, I maybe doesn't understand what the show is, and he's just given straight answers. Yeah, he's not does, down to to joke around with it. How does John Oliver? I mean, this is the biggest talent is to be able to say the things that you know the Colbert Report people could say, and uh, and straight face. Yeah, they, I wonder if they do it yeah. in one take. I mean, they would have to to get the reaction. But when he's like, yeah, on the interview, definitely. yeah, and when he's like. Is password, but word spelled W E R D, a good one? <laughs> That's hilarious. Or how about yeah. one two three four, but the word, but the number spelled out. <laughs> right, right. And Snowden was totally like, "This guy's dumb." You know, oh, that's. He's like, "This guy this flew John here." Oliver guy's an idiot. Yeah. This guy flew to Russia <laughs> to interview me to check his different passwords. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that it just it makes me think less of of Snowden, but it it put me in mind of a story from recently, and it sort of affected uh, you and I because I think it was like the first day we were going to do this podcast, mm-hmm. and my my computer crapped out, and it's uh, Toshiba, and I like called the customer service, and they did a little diagnosis, and they figured out that. Um, they had to take control of the computer in order to get rid of whatever malware or whatever was in there. Which is always terrifying. Yeah. So uh, so I'm talking to this woman and she's getting some tech on the line. And while she's waiting for the tech person to show up, she's like crawling around my screen and, you know, whatever I have the shortcuts to. And she's pointing, oh, is this a fun game or how does this work or whatever. And she's just, I guess she's trained That's to weird. make small talk. Okay. You know, trying to make small talk until the tech comes just to keep you talking, which is to me just as weird as like the person mm-hmm. at the grocery store asking you about your groceries. Yes. Like, but, but here's the weirdest thing. I'm, 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 I'm answering all her little questions and I'm trying to joke around, trying to be cordial or whatever till the person shows up. And I don't even realize until she's putting the tech person on the line and my desktop is the shot of George Costanza from when he sent a, uh, uh, almost naked photo to the photo mat in order to flirt with the lady. It's George Costanza on a couch with his boxers on making a face, uh, a face at the camera. <laughs> I didn't even effing realize it until she was passing me off. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is what these people in Bangladesh think of me. You should have said, do you like my self portrait? <laughs> Right, 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 right. I just had this done. Uh, Sears Safari collection. What do you think? Oh, shoot. So, um, so what is what your, what, from, are, from what are passwords you use? <laughs> Give me some of your passwords. Uh, I, I usually use Burbank's address for my password. Oh, good one. Stay, so go, go. stay until the end okay. and I'll, uh, I'll give you all that. Okay. That'll be the Easter egg today. You can get into my checking account and clean it out. $40 is yours. <laughs> so they, uh, the, another Reddit story, uh, potato guy. Um, ugh, come on now. We got to get off the Reddit content. I mean, I know it's a valuable place for Star Wars information, but w- we can't keep talking about stories off Reddit. But is Reddit we? really the problem? It seems that it goes, you know, Reddit comes up with this stuff who knows and then it is reported as if it's real news it goes to gawker which i know is barely right you know 
I think you're actually on to something. Um, Reddit can continue to exist, but legitimate news organizations and even semi-legitimate ones should stop looking to it for content. I mean, look at, I mean, what happened with Jeremy with the, uh, the Valentine's Day flowers where someone took it from Twitter and then it was Reddit and then Gawker and then uh, international news sources were contacting him for interviews. That's ridiculous. Right. And would you say, would you say that Jeremy and his uh, flowers tweet was worthy of international? No, news I think coverage? it was funny. I think it should have been retweeted, but I <laughs> right. don't think right. that. Right. Right. It should have been a reporter from London shouldn't have been contacting him for his take on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like there's these weird uh, wormholes of credibility. Like somehow something gets shot through this hole and and no one will check it until, oh, hey, three days later, it's on a legitimate, you know, it's in some legitimate London newspaper. How the F does that happen? Yeah. I, but but I you know I I think like in the in the you know the information sort of revolution that we're still in those holes don't always get closed up really fast so you get things like that to happen like this potato guy it was a totally made up story a bunch of BS and all of a sudden it's it's a major story and everybody's talking about it you know it was it was more poorly written than your average penthouse letter <laughs> so the last thing they talked about on Friday. They did some emails, and one of them was about the Contra dance. Um, Luke had made a little, had a little sport at Contra dancing, and a lot of people don't know what that is. It's kind of the dancing that, uh, if you see like, like British people or European people from certain age, um, uh, Victorian? I don't, I don't, Edwardian? I don't know. Someone sharpshoot me on that. But it's where you might be holding hands or you might just have your hands at like teapot position and be looking at each other and take a few steps here and a few steps there and forward and back. Uh, it's, okay. It's like, uh, it's like river dance for chubbies. You don't have to. Yeah, like Downton know. Abbey style dancing. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that's, I think that's, I mean, if I'm, if I'm being accurate, contra dancing is kind of that. Um, yeah, uh, let's not get offended about contra dancing. If we're going to choose our battles, folks, uh, someone making fun of you for contra dancing, you might want to beat them to that punch. <laughs> right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I agree. And then they, they wrapped up the week with more Andrew smoking talk. Um, I guess we're getting closer and closer to some sort of resolution in this thing where Andrew is going to get a smokeless ashtray or, or some sort of an apparatus. <laughs> Some sort of a bubble boy apparatus where he can reach out <laughs> onto his porch. Oh my god, that would be so great. <laughs> that was Emily's idea. For you know, him to be in just, a bubble? Yeah, well, like everything still happens in the apartment, but he, he just walks through plastic to get out onto the porch and do all his, uh, you know. Sadly, Mario I think Kart that he would enjoy that way too much. Because he could isolate himself more from the world. Can you imagine him walking down the street in a bubble to the gym? <laughs> as long as you can still put a hot dog or pastrami sandwich in that bubble, he'd love that. Oh, yeah. That would really smell like some bag meat <laughs> farts, so, for sure. No, thank you. But I do have to say that uh, Andrew has been killing it lately. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. It, ever since he quit that stupid job. Oh my you gosh, know, he's, 
he's on fire. Like he had a one liner, just a, a toss away one liner this week where he said, if you're being sarcastic and it's not funny, you're just wrong. That's hilarious. Yeah. And true. Yeah. Uh, was he talking, was he talking about his old friend, uh, Tony or what, what was the context? There? I, I honestly don't remember. It was such a throwaway line that he was trying to get Luke to say something or he was, he was saying something to Luke and Luke corrected him and he's like, yeah, I know I was being sarcastic. It was about the record well, when he got, he got the record in the mail from the 10. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, well, speaking of jokes on Friday, the last thing we'll talk about is, uh, Luke talked about Burbanking the joke and that was like making an inappropriate joke or an unfunny joke and then trying to keep with it until you, cause you <laughs> might think it's funny or you thought let's reduce the awkwardness yeah, like, of it. Or maybe you guys don't so understand. So I'm going to keep talking about it until you laugh. <laughs> right. And the, the joke was there was something on the menu called white lightning and Luke in front of his friends and the waiter or waitress said, uh, white lightning was my nickname in high school and it didn't go over that that great you know it's which is fine you know i mean i'm sure everyone chuckled or whatever it's not bad white lighting nickname in high school you're trying to brag um but then he said um no just kidding actually my nickname was fag and he said that it didn't get a laugh which which if i'd have been there i would have gotten a big laugh because i think that's funny because the joke is on him the joke is he was trying to brag about being popular and cool and good at sports in high yeah. school by saying he was white lightning. And then he was just admitting that everyone called him a fag. <laughs> I thought it was a good joke. And he, and, but, but they made him, they made him Burbank that joke. I don't think that's fair. I think that if I'd been there, he wouldn't have had to Burbank that joke at all. I would have slapped my knee it. and called. I think a better yeah. joke would have been just kidding. My nickname was dad. <laughs> Sad one. Yeah. Sad yeah, the, wait, it's the waiter would have been like, "What? I don't get it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my nickname was that that kid who knocked my daughter up. <laughs> yeah, that weird dad kid that's sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you have anything else on this week, Chrissy, or should we put a bow on this one? Um, no, I think I did make a note that uh, Veeves is my woman crush every day. Call me Veeves. Really. Oh my gosh. <laughs> her bag of meat. We got to hear a lot about her because they traveled together. So I think that they were spending right. a lot of time um, together and she's hilarious. I've met her a couple times and she's very delightful. I got to um, do a feat of strength and pick her up. Um, and I, I just think she's great. And the thing she says, I mean, even with the smoking, how she thinks it's terrible and wants him to quit everything. All her, all the stories are just great. Yeah, Veeves, we do love you. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that. I, I think I, has she ever been on TBTO? Not that I know of. I know she's been in the studio. Yeah, I don't think day, she's ever think. like done done a real guest type situation. We'd love to have but, her. <clears throat> yeah, and have her. We will, <laughs> and we'll we'll find out whatever. For her clip, she'll play whatever show that she accidentally listened to one time because I don't think she listened. <laughs> she to was a either. listener before he became on. Oh right, yeah. but that's even more insulting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, number one Jen fan here. <laughs> exactly. She's she's heading the campaign of bring back Jen. She started a Facebook page. 
Right. Even if it means Andrew's unemployment, she's right. committed she to the care. to getting Jen back. Uh, Andrew, uh, the good news is uh, you're going to have a lot more time to help out around the house. <laughs> Bad news is Jen's back. You're done. That wraps up the Week in Review. It's time for Christy to bring on our guest who is going to help us with our TBTLisms of the week and introduce their favorite clip. Christy? Um, I would like to welcome special guest Joe McCauley of the Chicago Tens. Welcome. Hi, Joe. Hi, Hi, Mike. (laughs) And we had you on for the TBTLisms today because you actually picked both of them. I did, yes. So the first one is one of your favorite drops. Drunk people are so meta. Okay, why do you love this one so much? So I love drunk people are so meta because it's very relatable to me. And drunk people aren't so meta at all, which is why (laughs) it makes me laugh so hard. Because it's complete BS. It's complete. But it, it happened in such a way in the studio that just made it it was one of those tbtl moments that were it was just perfect when it happened in the studio it was funny it was real it was live and you knew it was going to stick around forever and i think it has christy it happened pretty early on in the show right it was within the first couple months definitely it was kelly o from was she from the stranger yes i know it was kelly o and she came into the studio and was talking about her article on drunk people where she would go around to the bars and interview them. But then she proceeded to get wasted in the studio. Right. And then that's when she proclaimed that drunk people are so meta. And so anytime that I get tired and emotional or anytime that I have a few drinks, I always say drunk people are so meta. (laughs) And it's, it's been, it, it even bleeds into people who aren't tens as far as my friends in my life and when we say that saying. Well, the thing about it, Joe, is they're, drunk people are not meta at all, but right. drunk people think they are meta. So <laughs> everyone benefits when you yell that out. Yes. Exactly. exactly. Um, and what I specifically love about this is all of the times that they would drink in studio – Keeping in mind that Cairo is owned by Mormons that don't drink, and they would right. drink uh, quite a quite a bit either before work, during work, after work, constantly talking about drinking. So this was perfect that she got wasted. In let studio. me let me stop you for a second. Cairo uh, is not owned by Mormons. K I R O F M in Seattle is owned by Mormons. Cairo, the city is not. There has been some confusion <laughs> yes, sorry. about Cairo. When we say Cairo, it was a uh, radio station that the show started out on Cairo AM and then it moved to Cairo FM, K-I-R-O Seattle. Sorry News, about that. talk, whatever they're saying this week. Yeah, we've gotten a couple of feedbacks about that for the, from new Great. listeners. Interesting. Yeah. So our next um, TBTLism that was also from Joe is Hammer Time. Yes. um, Joe, do you remember where this came from? There was a call in or a guy. No, there was an email. Was he in Germany or something like that? He was either from Germany or visiting Germany. Yes. 
And he was there with friends, and for some reason, every time they took a drink or any time they did a cheers, they said hammer time, and he shared it with the TBTL community, and it kind of took off. So, yeah, anytime, yeah, it's hammer time, right? Yeah, I believe, and I've been trying to find the clip. I've narrowed it down to three-month time period of when it happened, but I believe that he would tell the locals in Germany that in the U.S. we say hammer time. Exactly. Okay, that's right. And then remember there was a picture on the blog of him in a local bar and everyone is doing hammer time. And then after that, we signed everything (laughs) hammer time. Any cheers, a karaoke night well with the tens was never complete without a hammer time rendition. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I had forgotten about that one. Thanks for reminding me of that one. Yeah. All right, so now let's move on to Joe's favorite. Well, let's give a little background about you. Um, you're from Chicago. I am. And you, you, the Chicago Tents, have a pretty robust community there. And you've kind of fostered that. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So back when I first started listening to TBTL, my goal was to find other people who like TBTL. And I thought that it would be really cool to find people in Chicago. So I started a Facebook group and what I had done was I had written to Jen at the time to ask her, Hey, how do I meet other TBTL fans in my area? How do I foster a community? How do I get to know people who also like TBTL? Because I think that, uh, if I were to meet other people who like TBTL, it would, th- I would immediately be besties with them. And she was like, well, usually people start Facebook groups in their communities and it kind of rolls from there. And if you need my help, let me know. So I started a TBTL Chicago Facebook group. And for a long time, there was only nine members and it was mostly, I think, my friends and people. I don't, I don't know that. Actually, I think it was Christy, and <laughs> it was like nobody who actually lived in Chicago. It was really <laughs> sweet. Um, but then the tenth member, the tenth person to join the group, was Luke, which was sweet and nice and just funny that he was number ten. And, um, from there we've, we've grown and we're, I think we're over a hundred people so far. And when we have events, we get together, we really try to support each other and it's always involving booze juice and hammer time. And usually normally in Chicago, it all happens at Alice's, which is a karaoke bar in Chicago, which if you've listened to TBTL or you've gone to the TBTL Chicago live event, there was a get together at Alice's afterwards. And I believe at one point they had the karaoke DJ from Alice's mm-hmm. on TBTL as kind of an interview segment. Well, and you took me there. So that's the one thing that I like uh, about the tens is that you can put, I'm going to Boston and they'll just, exactly swarm in and create an event and you did that for me and we went to Alice's and I had heard all about it from the DJ and Luke talking about it all the time in the events but the one thing that he missed telling about is the weird snacks yes Alice's every hour there's a whole different set of snacks Papesy is just 
perked up. <laughs> well, Pape went there. He knows. <laughs> I don't know. What's funny about that is when Pape was in town and we took him to Alice's, I don't know that we had snacks. I don't. Uh, oh. It was kind of an off night at Alice's. But they bring out the weirdest, grossest, so most bizarre shit for you stuff. to eat. It's like old it's like, Polish grandmas run the, the kitchen or yes. something. Yes, yes. And they cabbage they pickles, sandwiches. Pickles. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's all kinds of pickled pork. Did, did you say cabbage yes. sandwiches? Did you just it say was, cabbage sandwiches? It was so yes. weird. And then, and you're so drunk that you're kind of like, oh, I kind of need to sober up. Maybe I'll have a bite. And then it will right. be, then the next round of food will be peanut M&Ms. So then it's like, Do, are you paying food? for this food? Or are these no. are bar snacks? Yeah, bar snacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> complete. <laughs> yes, and in addition, in Chicago, it's tradition to do shots of Malort, which, if you've been to Chicago, is I I am one of the few people that actually likes the taste of Malort, but the general public finds it to taste like. I believe uh, one time I was emailing back and forth with Luke about it, and he called it puke inside a band aid. That's what mm-hmm. he thought it tasted like. So. I don't know it's if you made me popular. have it, but I don't remember. And so that's either a good think, or bad sign. <laughs> I don't think we made you do it, Christy, okay. because you're nice and you're and you're beautiful and you're cute. And oh. we don't want to make you throw up. But yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you, how did you find out about TVTL? Did, were you on board from the beginning? How does some uh, a young lady like yourself in Chicago become aware of Luke Burbank? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually... It was uh, close to six years ago today. I had started a new job and was looking for a podcast. So I had posted on Facebook saying, hey, everybody, I have a longer commute. Can someone recommend a new podcast? And the person who stepped up, this is really funny, is Mike's stepmom, who is the seamstress and the costume designer for the Seattle Seagulls. She was the one who recommended TBTL. She had read about it, I think, in the newspaper and knew that I liked NPR and knew that I was um, someone who was often tired and emotional. Um, <laughs> so, so she had never listened to it, but still she, recommended it. Yes, she had not listened to it, but she had thought that from what she had read about it, it would fit in with my personality. What a sweetheart. And, yeah, she was right. She, yeah. She's pretty amazing just in general, but the fact that she introduced me to TBTL makes her Mike, extra special. Uh, Mike definitely appreciates her work during the football season. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you know, less is more, and she she understands that. <laughs> I know. She, she does. She barely has to work, if you think about it. She has a <laughs> yeah, perfect yeah. job. Yeah. She only has to make a couple sequins. Yeah, she and, and she'll be the first to tell you that she gets to feel up a lot of girls. Oh, so, does she yeah. need an assistant? Mike is looking for a job. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> an apprentice? Yeah. Can you apprentice when you're 80 years old, Mike? I've been studying for so long. I think I can skip <laughs> the true. apprentice phase. <laughs> you just look, mm, C cup. C cup. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yep. Perfect. All right. So let's listen to, uh, should we set it up and then play it? What do you think? Well, first I want to play a clip from... A listener, oh, okay. Who this was also their favorite uh, TBTL moment, and we had a lot of people write in about this one. So uh, she was particularly passionate, and let's hear what she has to say. 
Hi, Christy and Mike. This is Sheila in Ithaca. I'm in Ithaten. I've been listening to TBTL for probably five years, and I'm calling in with my favorite segment, uh, one of my favorite segments from TBTL, uh, and that is the story that Jen told of the night she slept in the basement. Um, and the reason I love this story um, is it just haunts me. It's like a nightmare scenario that Jen was in, and I just it's like a whole series of weird circumstances that came together. Uh, all of them leading to just an awful night that Jen had to spend in a basement under a holy Afghan. Uh, I, I don't know why I love this story. It just, uh, it's something I think about a lot for some reason. It's just such a, a crazy uh, set of circumstances, one on top of the next. Uh, I can't get over how uh, rude and inhospitable the mother or the bride or whoever it was that gave her the holy afghan and said, see you, see you in the morning, basically. Didn't give her a better place to sleep, didn't, you know, um, I don't know, give her a better blanket. And poor Jen down there in that basement in the pitch dark, trying to sleep, not having any idea where Jason was and where she was and how the heck she got there and how to get out of there. I guess she, you know, that was probably before cell phones. I don't really know. Um, I can't remember now if she, she had a cell phone, but it didn't work or she didn't have the car. Maybe I, I can't remember, but she, or didn't, she didn't know where she was. I know that and how the heck to get out of there to, to a hotel or whatever. But, um, she was just completely stuck and, it just it's like a haunting story somehow you sort of wonder what you would do in that situation and uh and uh it's just it was just a great story so um i love hearing it it's it's one of the better ones thanks a lot and uh i'm so glad you guys are doing this this podcast it's really cool see you later bye all right christy go ahead and uh Give us a little background on the clip itself and, you know, because I, I have not listened to this one recently. You were reminding me of it before the show and it really clicked. I remembered it very vividly once you started talking about it. And I kind of want to defend Jason afterwards. Uh, That's all I'll say. Okay. So (laughs) the segment was how did, how did I get here or was, how did we get here? It was one of those. And how did I get? How did I get yes. here? And Jen proceeds to tell the story, which which we'll hear. Um, Joe, why is this your favorite, and what were you feeling as you were hearing the story? Well, this is my favorite because daily I ask myself, "How did I get here?" <laughs> daily, so it was very relatable, but it was also so much worse than anything I had ever experienced. <laughs> that it was just I. I and a huge range of emotions came over me the first time I heard this just because it was so horrific, <laughs> but so funny and so touching. And I just was so mad for her and so angry, but a little bit, I, I, how did she get there? I don't, I, it's, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. I love Jen and I love this segment so much. Yeah. I, I had the same feelings and it's just, You'll hear, but it gets almost worse and worse. And you, I, I know I was listening to it and I was kind of just hiding 
hiding behind my hands like no it can't no J- no jason stop this can't yes. this can't happen and you know we've all gotten into situations where you just look back and you're at the time saying no it this can't be happening to me this really can't be and and it was and it just got worse and worse and especially jen being such a um she's such a planner and this became all out of her control Yes, she's such a planner and she's so hospitable. Yes, she would never have done this to someone. She she would never over her dead body would have this ever happened under her control. All right, all right, you hens. Stop clucking. (laughs) No, I'm serious. No, let's hear it and then then I have have something to say afterwards. Okay. Oh, God, of course you do. So, so Jen, uh, now that you're back... I'm very excited. I'm for so many reasons, but but uh, one of them is that uh, the the sort of quality of the of the segments of the conception of the segments on the show, I think, is going to go up like precipitously. I say this because you've only been back for like a few hours, and you've already suggested a whole bunch of really fun uh, topics and segments to do. Uh, one of them being something that you're calling, how did I get here? Hi, kids. Welcome to the magical world of stories, where horses can fly and the animals talk and wishes come true at the blink of an eye. So um, this is a a segment called, how did I get here? Uh, Jen, take it away. Okay. So about 10 years ago, um, a friend from college, a friend of Jason's from college was getting married. And um, so... Jason said, I really want to go to this wedding. And I said, okay, well, you know, where is it? And he said, it's, it's outside of Chicago. And I said, okay, well, so we need to rent a car and we need to get a hotel room. And he's like, no, 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 no. He said he'll take care of all that. And I said, oh, okay, great. So we flew into Chicago and uh, another friend from college picked us up. Mm-hmm. at the airport so that was we didn't need a rental car great so then we drove a really long way out into the country i'm fa- i'm we had passed a, even a town an hour earlier and we way out into the country and down a long country lane to this home and i said what what is this house and he said oh this is the the um the groom's parents house and this is where the uh rehearsal dinner is so we went in and we went down into the basement. And so down in the basement was where this dinner was going. And it was like kind of the, one of those huge rec rooms uh-huh. type thing. And they had pushed like the ping pong tables and stuff to the side. And there was tables, uh-huh. round tables and everything. And we came in and it was already going. Like they were at that portion of the dinner where people are toasting and, <clears throat> you know, welcoming her to the family, welcoming him to the family, that kind of thing. So we just sat down very quietly at a table. Yeah. And we'd been sitting, we had missed dinner. We're just sitting there and we're just kind of being quiet and, and listening to the whole thing. And all of a sudden, like the brother of the groom stood up and said, all the guys, come on up. And so then all the guys went up. Jason was still sitting next to me and they said, no, everybody, all the guys come up. So Jason went up and then they left. And so I didn't know, you know, maybe are they coming back to do a skit? I don't know. So I'm sitting <laughs> at my table. I'm kind of trying to introduce myself to the people around me. And then. Um, the father and mother of the bride stood up and basically said, or of the groom stood up and said, thank you all for coming. And, um, this is such a blessed day and we'll see you all tomorrow. And everyone started leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting at the table and people are leaving and leaving and leaving. And, and pretty soon I'm kind of the only person there. And so I went up to the, the host and said, do you know when the guys are coming back? 
And he said, oh, they're not coming back. They all went to a midnight basketball game in town, and then um, they're staying somewhere until the wedding tomorrow. What? <laughs> so they basically, said, like, kidnapped what? Jason? Yes. Like, that was part of the plan. Like, he was going with all of his groomsmen to go do this thing, and since Jason flew in, he was folded in to this situation. And when the guy said, I've got your lodging and such covered, he meant, like, you can sleep on the floor of the gym after you're done playing midnight basketball? Well, I don't know what was going on with Jason. I, I didn't – all I knew was I was in the middle of nowhere. I, I had I had nothing. I had my purse. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, well, this is really embarrassing, but my name is Jen Andrews and I'm here with my husband and he left and I don't know what to do because I, could I call a cab? She goes, oh, no cab. Well, there's no cab. I mean, we're like hours from anywhere. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and this is the lady whose house Yes, it's her house. Everyone has left now. You're She's just like in cleaning her up. basement. She's like moving the ping pong table back into yep. ready position. Yep, exactly. And you had never, you'd never met this person before this night. Nope. So this is. It sounds like it probably wasn't very awkward. In her <laughs> well, basement. so I said, I am incredibly embarrassed, and I'm very, very sorry, but. I don't know what to do because I have nowhere to go and I don't know how to, and this is, you know, Jason didn't have a cell phone at this time or anything. And I I said, would it be all right if I stayed here tonight? And she said, well, I mean, our kid's getting married tomorrow. We have relatives in every corner of the house. There's not really anywhere for you to stay. So I said, um, could I stay down here? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I could just sleep here. And she goes, well, there's not even, there's not a bed here. I said, well, that's okay. Do you have a blanket? <laughs> and she said, well, you can look in the closet. Um, she goes, but you don't understand. I mean, she's like, I really, this area is going to be, the wedding is in the, in the backyard tomorrow. And so this whole area is going to be like set up and like, I can't have somebody in here. And I said, well, I get up really early and you'll never know that I've been here. <laughs> Oh my God, Jennifer! I know it was so awful because I felt so bad for her because it wasn't her fault, and she was hosting her kid's wedding yeah. at her house the next day. She had probably a billion relatives. This was the whole area where they were setting. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't her fault. Yeah. And so she said, "Okay." So she went to the closet and she got me a blanket. And I am here to tell you, this was one of those like quilts that Granny made, where the circle, the holes are like as big as a basketball. Oh, an Afghan. An Afghan. By the way, worst blanket ever. Who yes. ever thought that was a good blanket design? We used to have one of those on our couch when I was a kid, and like, you know, I'd be watching TV or doing something, and I'd like try to wrap up in it. It's more. It's a blanket that more of it is made of non-blanket than blanket. You it know shouldn't I mean? be called a blanket. No, it should be called – I don't know what you should call it, but it is not It is not something that warms you when most of it is air. Right. Okay. Exactly. Thank you. So she handed me that <laughs> and then she – and she said, it's really important that this area not have anyone in it in the morning. I'm like, I – Totally understand. I get it very early. I, I, You're I like, I'll try not to. Um, I'll try not to luxuriate here too long tomorrow morning next to the <laughs> foosball table with my non-blanket blanket. <laughs> you might just find me just like you know, oh, best night of sleep in my life. <laughs> oh, 
I'm sorry. Are you so guys you ready for the wedding? I was just dozing off here because this is so comfortable. <laughs> exactly. So she leaves. I go. There is a powder room down there. So I went in and I went to the bathroom and I kind of scrubbed my face with the water and the spar of soap uh-huh. sitting there. And then I came out and I wandered the whole perimeter and I could not find the light switch. Oh, Jennifer. And I'm searching everywhere and I can't find it. There is no light switch anywhere. So I go up the stairs into the house and the house is silent and black. So I'm feeling my way along the stairs. I get to the main level and there's nobody and I'm kind of, hello, hello. (laughs) So then um, I went and I didn't even know their name. And so then I went up the next up to like the family quarters, you know, where the bedrooms are, the second floor. And I was like, hello, hello, hello. (laughs) And that same, the mom, she poked her head out of her room and said, what? I said, I'm so sorry, but I can't find the light switch in the basement. She said, it's at the top of the basement stairs around the corner under the um, vase. Or the, uh, the under the sconce. Sure, of course. I said, okay, thank you. So, but the problem with that was so I got to the top of the stairs. And so then I had to turn off the light there and then go down in pitch black down to the basement because the light was at the top of the stairs, which I think is a bad design, by the way. Yeah. So then I crawled down on my bottom kind of stair by stair because I didn't want to slip Safety and fall. Safety first. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I don't think an ambulance could get to me. Right. Although that would have kind of been, you know in a way, solving your problem, if you hurt yourself and then they had to take you to the hospital, it'd be probably like way less awkward. There'd be a bed, too. I mean, an ambulance is just a taxi cab that charges way more. <laughs> so I crawled down the stairs on my bottom. I got down to the floor and then I crept back to the middle of the room where I had left my non-blanket. <laughs> and then I just laid down on the floor under my non-blanket no. and oh. honestly just looked up to the heavens and said, how did I get here? Oh, Jennifer, that's awful. It was so awful. So I, of course, couldn't sleep and couldn't sleep. And it was tossing. It was one of those nights where, you know, nightmares, you wake up every 20 minutes, you're turning and turning and you're, I was freezing cold. So then the craziest thing that happened was at 6.30 a.m., all the lights came on in the room and I'm laying there under the blanket in my clothes that I wore to the rehearsal dinner. By the way, I mean, your husband is... Uh, as I say on the show often, he's just one of the n- most kind, caring people I've ever met. Um, but in this case, unless you're leaving something out, it sounds like he majorly dropped the ball. Oh, yes. I mean, he, he should have at some point been like, let, let me just, you know, he should have at least like loaned you a hoodie or something to <laughs> use as a pillow. Well, so all of a sudden, the, all the lights came on. And I, I think it was 6.30ish to 7 a.m. in the morning. And all the lights came on. And I'm laying there under my blanket. So I kind of you know, held it up to my chin and, mm-hmm. and looked around. And all of a sudden, the door opened. And all these guys started marching through the room carrying chairs, folded chairs. And as all these guys are walking by, all of a sudden, I realized one of them is Jason. <laughs> and I said, Jason. <laughs> and he looked over at me. And his eyes got really big. And he goes, what are you doing here? And I said, that is a wonderful, just a, a marvelous question. <laughs> I love what this. You were, am I doing here? I love that you were probably 
almost exactly even in the physical space where he left you. Like he went to play basketball and they just came back and the room was empty and you were just huddled on the ground there like, you know, 12 to 14 hours later. Right. Exactly where he left me, except for that the table had disappeared. (laughs) And I said, yes, what what am I doing here? That is a wonderful question. And I was so mad. My voice was shaking. And so he walked over to me and he goes, did you stay here all night? And I said, where did you think I would stay? What, what, where did you think I was? I would love to know where you think I was. And he said, well, at some point, I said, what are all the girls doing? Because all the boys were playing basketball at midnight, you know. Yeah. And, and he said, at one point, I said, what are all the girls doing? And one of the guys said, oh, all the girls went um, to do, like, a girls' night and watch romance movies and do their nails and stuff. Oh, you don't like, but you don't, you don't like, you don't like rom-coms. Or hanging out with other women or doing your nails. It sounds like you've made the right choice to skip that. So somehow I just got left out of the the list. I mean, I don't think whoever planned this night for the girls, the wives and girlfriends or whatever of the guys in the wedding didn't know I was coming or didn't care or were too busy to to grab my arm. <laughs> but they all went and had a girls' night. And so I just fell – I literally fell through the cracks you know what it's like to be precious. Exactly. Exactly. I, and, and that's why I, I have a lot of compassion for precious because I've been there. Yeah. Did at, Monique, in this basement. Did Monique come into the basement at any point in the night? <laughs> Hurt you? I would have been happy for some company, I have to say. I was so alone. So the craziest thing was, so Jason's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because he had the bag. Like he had our luggage. Oh, God. So he went and got the luggage and found out that there was a bathroom where I could get ready. And so then – and so he was going to be there the whole day like helping out, like setting up for the wedding. The wedding wasn't until 2, again, yeah. at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I went and got ready for the wedding, put on my dress, got all ready. And then I had been asked repeatedly to not be in the way. So I ended up going outside and sitting on the front stair of the house and waiting until 2 o'clock. This, Until the wedding started. By, by the time they got to the part where they said, if anyone can think of why this union shouldn't happen, was part of you tempted to say, because you guys are all total dicks? Yeah, I was so angry. I was <laughs> sitting in my chair just thinking about how I hated every one of them, like looking at each of them. I hate you. I hate you. Every time I would get to the, to the mom, I'd be like, I really hate you. I hate all of you. I really hate Jason. <laughs> I was so mad. Well, so then it's the reception time. Yeah. So we're sitting at our at the table, and Jason leans over to me, and he's like kind of been rubbing my back and mm-hmm. trying to do all this like lovey stuff, yeah. which was like, stop it, stop, <laughs> don't touch me. So he leans over and no he kind of rubs my nada. back. He goes, "I just want you to know that I talked to them, and we will have a room to stay in tonight." And I looked at him, and was like, "Are you high? Are you <laughs> crack? Are you out of your mind? We are staying in a hotel tonight, or we are not staying married." <laughs> and his eyes got so big. It was the first time I pulled out the divorce word. Wow. And his eyes got really big. And he said, are you being serious? I said, I'm being absolutely serious. We stay in a hotel or we do not stay married. Okay. I know what you guys are going to say. Jason is the root of this problem. Jason was obviously going to the wedding of a childhood friend and Jennifer didn't know anybody. But 
I guarantee you everyone was in his ear when he would raise any concern about what Jennifer was going to do. And they were saying, oh, don't worry about it. The girls will take care of her. They're going to go out. They're going to have a great time. You know, they're going to get a hotel or they'll all crash at this lady's place, whatever. He was hearing all the right things. Mm -hmm. So when he walked out that door after dinner, I feel like he, his heart was pure. Now, go ahead. Give it to me. You know what? I'm going to agree with you me on too. that. Yes, because I think this was the, was it the mother of the, the bride? or She was, I, yeah, that is the person to blame in this situation. Exactly. It, I don't, I think, I and I really sincerely think Jason thought everything was under control. And I don't think in his wildest dreams he ever thought someone would throw her in, in, in a, a dark cold, dark basement with basement. a tiny afghan. <laughs> <laughs> and no access to a light. I don't think he ever went out thinking, oh, that's what's going to happen. Do you, yeah. would you, no, uh-uh. Because no. we know this guy. He would have crawled back to the house on his hands and knees oh, if he thought that's yes. what was happening. Yes. No because, way would he have let that happen. Because in 10 lifetimes, he'll never live that story down. So, of course, no. I mean, just for that, he he wanted to come back. You know, we've all met him. He's the nicest guy ever. He never would have would have let her sleep on the floor of a basement like that. Well, I feel like I won the first uh, Battle of the Clips. You did. Well, was it a contest? I well, I don't know. I, I, don't I brought know you all I around. You, I know every woman listening right now was hating Jason just for a second. Just for a second when he walked out the door. Oh, when I initially heard it, I went back and forth. Hating, hating everyone and thinking, Jen, why? Because I'm a planner. I'm just like her. So I just thought I would have had a backup. And then, and it was to a time when there were no cell phones, so that wasn't even an option. And when you start taking, ta- chipping away all the options, she had none. That that is what would have happened to all of us. So you had, uh, so a lot of the tents had parties, um, yes, satellite yes. parties for the thousandth show because it was live. They that's when we met the vacuum man on. On the no, um, no, 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 the vacuum. Oh, that was the book the club. The vacuum. That was book Damn, club, right? Right, 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 right. Look at me. Yes. No. So yes, for the thousandth show, we had a Chicago ten party at our house in Evanston, and it was amazing. It was so how many much people fun. came? <laughs> Stop it! You don't want to know. I do. It, two. <laughs> <laughs> you made it sound it was, like there were so many people there. It was, it was a blizzard, but it was our friend Tim and our friend Christy came all the way in actually from Detroit. Oh, okay. And we bought so much food because we thought a lot of, we thought more people were going to come, <laughs> but nobody came. And then we had all this booze. Then you had and to I drink just it all. Of course. I did. I did. So you called in to, to tell Luke about how you're having these, this uh, party and you yes. were so drunk you could barely talk. Well, yes. Here's what happened. I couldn't understand his echo when he had called me from the stage. There was a really bad echo and it made it, maybe the echo was amplified by my booze juice. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but it was a little confusing. So he just called me drunk and that was nice of him. And see, I don't know if I've re-listened to the thousand show. I was there. So I remember the call. Okay. That makes sense. Christy, which show was that? The 1,000th 1, show. 
Yeah. <laughs> are you are, are you, you with me? us? Are you are you like doing something else? What kind of multitasking <laughs> is going on right now? Are you serious? Did a, are you joking me? Are you being me? I just can't remember whether whether we were um True, on, come on. Whether we got no. married on nine ninety nine, one thousand no. or one thousand one. Oh, no, stop. none really? of those. None of those. This was the one that was at the Neptune, not the Columbia City. Oh, no, no. I Yeah, I wasn't at the Neptune one. I think I was already in Austin for that. Yes. I think you, you were there. Nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's not about you, Mike. <laughs> it's not. I don't know. I don't know what podcaster you've been listening to, but it is pretty much all about me. Okay. So here's how to get involved with LRB. You can go to the website, littleredbandwagon.com. That has all kinds of stuff, including uh, a button where you can submit your entry to try to get on the show with your clip, and please try to find the clip for us. Facebook, you can go to the Stens page. Uh, Christy and I are always on there, or go to our page and post anything or send us messages. It's great. Our personal Twitters, at Drew McFrizz, that's me, at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E, sorry, I-Y-E-S, that's Christy. <laughs> Our show Twitter at LRB Podcast. If you have anything free to send to Jeremy, that's where to that's where to get in touch with him. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail dot com and voicemails. Uh, you can get in touch with us there. That's how Pape did it tonight. Eight zero two four three two TBTL. That's eight zero two four three two eight two eight five. My podcast is the Takedown Podcast. Our episode that is being released today is all about. Uh, whether or not we're proud of ourselves for some of the things we did to save money. And Jeremy has been poor at times. I was poor when I was in prison, and our co-host Matt remains poor. Um, and Christy, the Nerd Out Loud pod- podcast is yours. Oh, what do you guys get, got going this week? Um, this week it just got changed up. We're going to have Jeremy Henson of Eureka Podcast. All right, Jeremy, he's a good friend of mine. And let's see, the Tired and Emotional podcast, Joe, that's yours. You guys just posted one the other day I was listening to uh, from New Orleans. Um, What do you got coming up? Well, we have a recap show of our New Orleans show, or our New Orleans trip, and it's pretty amazing. And then um, I think Mike is going to do his... Uh, he's actually training for a half marathon, so he's going to do, yeah, he's going to do a show about that. So it's going to be pretty amazing. All right. And then I just have one quick announcement. Um, Luke put it on his Facebook page today that uh, Thursday, May 28th at 710, they're going to have a TBTL night at the Mariners where the Mariners play the Cleveland Indians. Um, you can get your tickets um, he has a link on his Facebook and enter the TBTL promo code. We're going to have groups of, of tickets and then you get a free um, Mariner's jersey shirt um, with that. And it's discounted and everyone should go. I'll be there. Hopefully Mike will be there. That's my guilt trip voice. He will come to town and we'll have a listener party for us either Friday or Saturday. Well, until next week, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Hammer time!